0: Daily, daily, daily info. Mm.
1: Daily, daily, daily info. Mm. Daily, daily, daily info. Mm. Daily, 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 info. daily info. Daily, daily, daily info. Daily info. Hello and welcome to this week's Daily Info Oxcast, your weekly roundup of all the best events happening in and around Oxford. It's the 9th of September and today I'm here with Mike, Michael and Jen. Hi there. Hiya. (laughs) Mike, what do you have for us this week?
2: Well, Katie, I've got beanbags, bookbinders and Bowie. I've got
3: beat roots, beatboxing and big battle scenes.
1: I've got hell, her majesty and home. So to kick us off, we'll have our Oxford fact, which is Queen Elizabeth themed, since today she has become the longest reigning monarch in British history. Did you know that the Swan Warden, Is from Oxford University. His name is Professor Christopher Perrins and he's from the zoological department. I should probably explain what a swan warden does. So there's an annual ceremony called swan upping where they basically round up all the swans on the River Thames, catch them, mark them and then release them. Why you ask? Well technically the Queen owns the swans that swim on the river. Mute swans I should clarify. This practice has been around for about 900 years and has only stopped once. In 2012, when there was a massive flood, so they couldn't really do it. Oh dear. Yeah, it's pretty awful.
2: I heard there was a bit of an outcry this year because the number of sigmets has gone uh, way down since last year. Something like it's gone from 120 to 80. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) Where are the swans going?
1: Oh man, that's quite scary.
2: Unless the swan markers aren't doing a very good job. One of the two.
1: They miscounted them. (laughs) (laughs) The job of the swan warden is to check the welfare of the swans and to sort of record all the data. There's also this one marker, whose job is to literally mark the swans. Back in the olden days, they would mark their bills with, I don't know what they used, I imagine knives, but it doesn't sound oh, like a very p- pleasant practice, to be honest. They're big old scratches on their bills.
2: Well, I think they use rings now. I've seen videos of it, it looks all very humane and stuff, Absolute they kind of, yeah, they, the, they have to kind of wrestle these swans out <laughs> from the river.
1: <laughs> so the way they describe it is, they row up the river and when they see a swan, they cry out, all up, and then they sort of surround the swans, grab them, <laughs> tie them up humanely, take them to the shore, and then mark them by putting a little ring around their foot. Um, so it all sounds very... The very swans are very calm.
2: calm, I think it's, yeah,
3: probably so, okay. So they don't mind too much being upped.
1: No, I think they're okay with being upped.
3: Okay. We took great pains to involve swan-upping on the Dillian for your planner, didn't
1: we? Yes, we did, yes. yes.
2: But that's an Easter egg that you have to find yourself.
1: <laughs> it should be in July. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> be. If you'd like your own year planner, make sure to email us with your address, make sure to include that, and we'll send one along to you. That's our Oxford fact. So, on to a more musical and vegetable-based event this week. <laughs>
3: in that category, yeah. In that category,
1: <laughs> that large category. Michael, I hear you have an unusual band for us.
3: Yeah, filling the, my, my new favourite category. The Formidable Vegetable Sound System are going to be heading the Bullingdon tomorrow night. So, in aid of Barracks Lane Community Garden, their garden project has charitable status. It's for anyone to use this lovely green space. Uh, just up the road that they want to be a community hub and kind of environmentally on it kind of place they're hosting Gay tomorrow night they find kindred spirits in formidable veg who deal in ecological edutainment <laughs> or yeah i know it's pretty much any 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 words you can stick together or eco-educational infotainment or whatever you want this crew from Melbourne, Australia are pretty environmentally aware and they think everyone should have the chance to be so including kids, so they write accessible songs about activism and about permaculture being regenerative ecological design. But these songs come out in a kind of swing style DIY way. Pretty inventive for sure. Uh, ukuleles and beatboxing are definitely going to be present. I did initially think their instruments were all made from vegetables, but That's not the case. I'm not sure how sustainable that would actually...
2: No Carrot Ocarinas this time.
3: (laughs) Although one of them is playing a parsnip recorder in a video. (laughs) I don't think that's what's making the sound. (laughs) Um, So support comes from Mal Webb and Kylie Corrigan. Mal, who is a bit of a loop pedal genius, uh, with trombone and umbira regularly thrown into the mix. Yes.
1: What's umbira?
3: I think it's like the Um, kalimba, but it's like a wooden box with metal... Tines on Yeah, it a
2: little they're, they're sometimes
1: called thumb um, pianos. Okay, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Cool. Um, um, this is really interesting because eco-musicology is an emerging academic field within music. Really? And um, eco-musicology is it's kind of a variety of things to do with humans in nature or humans in their environment and how the music interacts with it. But it, one strain of it is specifically to do with sustainability. And so some people are looking at ways to make uh, instruments more sustainably, like clarinets and things, they're all made of um, African blackwood, which is kind of running out. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be no more clarinets in a few years. So and things like guitars, they're trying to make them out of different resins and carbon fibre and stuff just to reduce the amount of trees being cut down. Wow. So this kind of ties in with that quite nicely.
1: So where are they performing?
3: Um, so they're at the Bullingdon tomorrow night from 7 p.m. to midnight. Apparently, there's support acts and DJs and stuff, and that's. Eight fifty in advance, ten pounds on the door.
2: So I've got Oxford Open Doors, which um, a lot of people are probably already aware of. It's this big annual festival uh, that run by the Oxford Preservation Trust and the University, where kind of all these buildings and factories and stuff that you never get to see, you never get to go inside, are all opened up to the public. Yeah, every time you walk past a college and think, oh, I really want to see their wine cellar, yeah. this is this is your chance. Um this year's theme is books, libraries and printing. So there are lots of talks at places like Blackwell's and the new Western Library on Broad Street. But there are also loads of theme tours, which is really exciting. So obviously there's, there are just hundreds and hundreds of things going on. It's running from Thursday to Sunday, so you can imagine how much you can pack into that time. So I've kind of come up with three things that I think are really good. Let's do this theme. So books, libraries and printing. Books. Uh, they're running tours at Maltby's The Bookbinders, which... Bit of a way away. It's a horsepath trading estate, so I started the ring road. But um they do kind of book restoration and conservation, mm. so you can go and have a tour there uh, and learn about you know, how it's all done. And it's stuff you don't get to see. When are you going to see how books are traditionally bound? Mm. So libraries, the Lincoln College Library, I've chosen for this. If you don't know where it is, so Lincoln College is on Tail Street, but the library is it's the big church on the corner on High Street and Tail Street. Mm. And um, that used to be All Saints Church and was bought by the college in the 70s, I think. And it's fantastic. They read it all the inside, but left it like a church. And it's um, this 18th century building, so it's really open, kind of neoclassical. And it was a fantastic place to work. But no, it's really beautiful. And no one ever gets to see it from the public. So they are running tours on Saturday and Sunday from 11 till 5. Definitely worth a look. And my last one, printing, it's a bit obvious. But the OUP, the Oxford University Press, on Thursday holding two tours at 11 and 2. And they're going to show you Oxford's oldest printing press and show you around the world's largest university press. Cool. So that's quite exciting, really. Yeah. Um, but there's lots of other stuff on, like at the uh, Westgate Archaeological Dig. They're having a big open day where you can go and look at their finds and do a bit of a dig and things. Just look at their brochure. It's fantastic.
1: <laughs> and it's all totally free? All totally free. Wow. There's no
2: excuse not to go, really, is there? There's no excuse not to go. Do
1: you have to book to go on tours?
2: (laughs) Yeah, so a lot of them have to be booked. The Maltbees one, I think, has to be booked, and so does the OUP, but it's because they're so popular.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but that's this weekend, Thursday to Sunday. There are more chances to
3: explore this fine city uh, this weekend, one of which is Maggie's Culture Crawl. Maggie's, which is a UK charity that supports those affected by cancer and their families. So this is an eight-mile-long night walk um, going on, on Friday, which is part cultural adventure, raising money for the charity. And uh, these crawls are going on all over the country, but the Oxford leg, if you can call it that, starts and finishes at the Brooks Sports Centre. And i will take you round Oxford Castle, which is open for explorations of the of the towers, the crypt, the D Wing in the prison, and the Motton Bailey Castle, county hall. Uh, Christchurch Cathedral in Great Hall. You can explore and find out a little bit about the history and architecture. It passes through the Maggie's Oxford Building, which is at the Churchill. Really lovely building that opened last year. A Frank Lloyd Wright-esque tree house. Oh, wow. <laughs> it looks really nice. I'll be there returning to the Brooks Sports Centre. Um, I believe you can still register. It's £25 to take part in the evening, also with a £100 fundraising commitment.
2: But you can still register online at org. I think it's cool that all this is happening at night as well. Because mm. yeah. you don't get tours with this stuff at night. No. It's going to be really atmospheric.
1: Yeah, you Especially see a different side the of the city, really. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, and they're all things that, you know, are
3: particularly good at night. <laughs> like the castle. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. So that's starting at 6.30 Friday evening. £25 to take part, as I said.
1: Michaels, mm? how much do you know about the rock scene in Oxford? Very little Well neither did I So I spoke to Cole and Dan from Hell's Gazelles About when they're next performing in Oxford
4: Plenty going on in Oxford We are basically an Oxford band really But I think the nearest one we've got Is this glam night Which is actually I think it's actually someone's birthday party But they've made it into a public gig Cool And um, we've been told that we're a glam band before And I can't see it at all mm. But someone said it's like a 70s glam night So what they want us to do is learn loads of, loads of glam songs so we're like. All right then, might as well. We'll whack a couple of our, our ones in there, and then we'll do a couple of clam ones. But I won't, I won't, I won't spoil the surprise. You'll have to come and see. That's on the, that's on the 12th. Uh, this is at the the cellar I believe. Yeah. It's gonna be a good night, and we've been told we do have to dress up. Oh. So. Um, that's gonna be fun. It's gonna <laughs> be fun. I'd, I'm quite a flamboyant <laughs> personality, so I am perfectly willing to don myself in, you know, leather and studs and whatever. But Nathan, the pastor, said, Cole, you're not wearing that. You're not wearing that out. You can't wear that at the gig. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I want to wear it at the gig. And then, obviously, wonderful trousers make an appearance. If you look on our Facebook, Hells Gazelle's Facebook, go through some of the older photos, you'll see some wonderful red trousers. The, those are not wonderful. They are wonderful. <laughs> they are glorious. I'm probably going to wear them on Saturday. Dan's not ready for this. No. He, he, he's, 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 there's a yeah. storm coming. There's a storm coming. I look like I've walked out of the 70s anyway. We've got a glam night, and we're supporting a band called Texas Flood on the 26th of September at the cellar they're very southern rock i'd say yeah sort of blues hard rock Yeah, sort of blues hard rock oh, kind of old, old school stuff they're, they're a great band that should be a good night so it's interesting because we we end up playing complete opposite sides of the spectrum so we're kind of a metal band kind of a hard rock band so we end up playing with blues rock people and then we end up playing with complete heavy metal brrr, people you know so the bell is going to be and i be playing with a band called yeah pretty heavy but we'll be headlining that one at Bista. when's that That's on the 22nd of October. Then we've got the 30th of October, which is at the Wheat Sheaf, supporting a punk rock band called the Black Bullets. And then, yet to be announced officially, but they're definitely not going to mind me promoting it. Uh, We're supporting a really awesome touring band, quite quite a bit bigger than us, uh, called The Brew, kind of blues, hard rock Mm. band, I suppose. Very blues-oriented, but they're a fantastic band, and that'll be at the Bullington, I believe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, And that's on the 2nd.
1: On the 2nd of November.
4: November. So I'm looking forward to that one. That one should should have. The Brew. The the Brew are a really good band. So we're quite psyched.
1: You can listen to the full interview on our Oxcast Extra and find out how Hell's Gazelles got their name, what they're planning to do in the future, and whether they think rock and roll is dead. Do they? No. Okay. (laughs) They most certainly do not. Spoilers. If you want to see Hell's Gazelles performing 1970s hits, I recommend you go see them on Saturday at the Cellar for the Glam Night. Tickets are from £8 in advance and £11 on the door, and it starts at 7pm. Don't mess out.
2: Another reminder that our year planners have now been printed and are ready to go, so you know, send us an email if you want one and see if we included your birthday. <laughs> I mean, if you aren't Jesus, we probably didn't, but just in case... <laughs>
1: To find out what other gigs are happening in and around Oxford, make sure to check out our events page.
3: Any listeners who are about to come up to Oxford or Brooks, you can find us in real life. Yes, in three-dimensional space. We exist there too um, at Freshers' Week.
2: Well, following on from Hell's Gazelles, from Glamrock to Bowie. um, (laughs) Cult Screens (laughs) is setting up a cinema outside the Pitt Rivers, the the Natural History Museum, on that lawn on Parks Road. And they're, you know, that company that does the big cinema screens, outdoor cinema screens. But they've been around Oxford for a few years in various places, so you might have been before. But this time at the Pitt Rivers, they're showing Labyrinth on Saturday, and that's with David Bowie leaping about in a jump seat. Um, And on Sunday, the Imitation Game, which is Benedict Cumberbatch playing Alan Shoring, Cracking the Enigma Code, which my brother is in, actually. So you go and see that. It's great. Well, who does he play? No, he was a a vocal extra. He's in one of the pubs. (laughs) It's just (laughs) background noise. That's very cool. Two films have been chosen to complement the Pit Rivers collections. which I can see with Labyrinth, it's kind of odd creatures and stuff. But the imitation game. Oh, see if you can work that out. That is the Enigma, I think. <laughs> and I went to I went to a couple of the screenings last year and we found out that even, even if it's horrible weather and freezing and cold, you know, you just take an umbrella and it's still everyone has a great time. You know, they've got a couple of bars, some food tents. It's great, it's like a whole whole little festival thing.
1: Do you get a seat?
2: Well, so this time you it's fifteen ninety five and that includes either a beanbag or a deck chair. Ooh. So it's quite nice actually. It's a very pleasant little summer thing to do. Just before summer ends anyway. So that's fifteen ninety five on both Saturday and Sunday at seven PM with the films starting after sunset. I actually kinda like to see Cumberbatch play David Bowie.
3: He'd make a good he'd make yeah. a pretty interesting He's got the liveness, certainly. Yeah, we've all been doing our Bowie impressions <laughs> here. Convach <laughs> probably has a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, better than us. Humber badge. <laughs> <laughs> Other outlandishly dressed people. Now there's a civil war reenactment going on this weekend. In fact, two civil war reenactments this weekend at Trinity College. I think it's part happening at Oxford Castle too um, on Saturday and Sunday being put on by The Sealed Knot, which is the oldest reenactment society in the UK and the single biggest reenactment society in Europe. This society started in 1968 at a garden party, of course. Brigadier Peter Young had just written a book on the Battle of Edgehill, and a group of friends had this party in cavalier costume to publicise it. Enjoyed it so much that they came up with the idea of forming a reenactment society. The Sealed Knot, they want to bring history to life by putting on events like this. Issue what war might really have been like, being careful not to glorify it in any way, and offer a window into
2: everyday life in the 17th century. So, is it? Are and they putting on the battle for everyone to watch? Is it a show, or can you get in, anyone get involved, do civil war things? There, I might be a
3: little bit late to join. Out. So, there's an invitation to enlist on their website. Um, you can you can join the society, but I think it's a, a go along and watch unless you've already registered, kind of affair.
1: So is it a fun-filled event for the whole family? Can kids come and have a look?
3: Yeah, um, it's it's just £3 for adults and under 10s go free with a paying adult. So it is for absolutely anyone. So this is going on in Trinity College, um, partly in Oxford Castle as well, Saturday and Sunday from 10am to 4pm, both days.
1: So from reenactment to real-life people... If you'd like to hear what the young British public think of Britishness, a new play by Carla Kingham is being performed at the Burton Taylor studio. It's called No Border, and it's based on the verbatim from over 200 young British people from across the country. So what they did was they went out to the streets after David Cameron gave a speech saying that British values need to form a greater part in children's education, and they asked the young people what they actually thought that meant. Mm. So, what is Britishness? And most young people, obviously, were a bit like, what do you mean? (laughs) Like, it's difficult to actually describe what Britishness is. So they collected what the young people had to say and they created a verbatim theatre piece with stunning visuals and original performance poetry by by Caris Housel.
2: It would be quite poignant in the face of the migrant crisis at the moment.
1: Yes, yes. Especially considering the title.
2: I mean, it was written before it happened, so it might not address it at all.
1: It doesn't explicitly say, but I imagine it probably touches upon it, considering British society is so diverse. So if you would like to hear what the young people of Britain have to say, go see No Border at the Burton Taylor studio. It's being performed on Monday and Tuesday at 7.30. Tickets are £10 and £8 for concession. From the young people of Britain to the children of Britain. Jen, can you tell us about the campaign to save Oxford's children's centres?
0: Certainly. So, uh, in these times of austerity, the uh, budgets are having to be balanced and the County Council, in their wisdom, wishes to cut £6 million from the the, the budget for early intervention, which means 0 to 5 years um, looking after children of that age and their parents. Um, and the budget's only £16 million, so £6 million, as you can see, is a massive mm. wallop out of that and a lot of people, particularly those who use the children's centres or have used them in the past, feel that this would be a really, really bad thing. Um, and on Tuesday, the county council are going to have a cabinet meeting in which they're going to decide these these budgets and make some decisions about them. And we're going to protest so the meeting is at two o'clock in the county hall that's uh, next to the castle so from well i should think about one thirty. there's going to be quite a lot of noise outside <laughs> if uh, you've had a bad morning at work on tuesday do come and have a bit of a protest at lunchtime bring <laughs> sandwich down chant throw things no probably don't throw things <laughs> um And, uh, yeah, we we had a protest um, this Tuesday uh, because there was a full council meeting. That was successful, but we'd like to make the next one even bigger, even louder. If you've got loud things like children or tambourines, then do bring them along. (laughs) People of all ages, very welcome. Yeah, we feel that this cut is is short-sighted and and quite uh, mean. What they want to do is to close all of the children's centres as we have them at the moment. There are 44 in Oxfordshire um even in david cameron's own constituency Mm. uh which uh, i'm I'm quite surprised that he's not making Mm. more of a fuss about it himself to be honest with small children um and they would replace the service with one where you'd have to be referred if you were in trouble but obviously that could be quite harsh for for people um it's it's much better too late too slow um very sad and sort of retrograde step really um and, yeah, now we now that we have the children's centres, we feel they should definitely be kept going. They're very welcoming spaces for, for people, and, you know, all mm. parents reach a, a crisis point at some point. <laughs> Much better to get it sorted out today well while, while, before it becomes a big problem and affects more people.
2: Mm. So for people that have never used a children's centre, what kind of stuff happens there? Why is it so important?
0: Well, there's a, an enormous number of things. Um, so they start with a basic sort of... Um, stay and play i think is the name for the, the basic group and that's people with uh, overactive toddlers who need, <laughs> just need to sit down and have a cup of tea and talk to some other parents and and uh yeah have a rest for a minute um there's breastfeeding support there's weaning advice there's health visitors and midwives there so there are professionals you can talk to there's all sorts of sort of play opportunities, but there's also quite a lot for parents as well. So they run English as a second language classes, um, English and math skills, job seeking help, that all that kind of thing. There's a lot of support for people who are going through any kind of uh, domestic crisis. So um, domestic abuse help. Um, so there are a point of contact for a lot of different things. Mm. There are specialist groups for people with children who've got hearing impairments or cleft palate or something like that. Um, there's, oh, there's loads and loads of different things. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're a really good central resource where all of this is gathered together. And they're really welcoming and friendly and sunny spaces. Yeah. And they just give you a cup of tea and a nice tea, And, uh, yeah, it's really valuable.
2: Very valuable,
0: yeah. yeah. So, Tuesday, 1.30, County Hall, come and do a bit of shouting.
1: Yes. <laughs> I feel very motivated to come down. <laughs> Great, thank you.
2: So on the baby theme, our baby guide on the Daily Info website has been updated recently, so you can check that out for more advice about things. Loads of links to websites that can help and activities and family-friendly events.
1: If you have any baby clothes or children's clothes or any items that you'd like to sell, check out our children's items for sale. Yeah, (laughs)
0: That's very timely.
3: (laughs) And If you want to be kept up to date with absolutely everything to do with Oxford, you can follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter as Daily Info Oxford
1: and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on mm. iTunes
0: mm. 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 Daily, Daily, Daily Info mm. Daily, Daily, Daily Info mm.
1: Daily, Daily, Daily Info mm. Daily, Daily, Daily Info